Okay. Well, yes. Okay, so I'm Anna. As they said, um, I work at Nike, but as a preschool teacher. Did you guys know that exists? It does. So people always are like, what? Yeah. So um, that's what I do. It's really exciting because um, I lead Young Life at Sunset High School, which is where I went to high school, and a bunch of the leaders like work there. So I get to see Thea in the back. She designs cool sports bras and all sorts of fun stuff, and she's like, hey. Um, I live with my husband. He's a firefighter for Portland, and uh, we lead Young Life and live life in our family, and we have our first nephew, and it's kind of us. Yeah, we're exciting. Um, anyways, um, it's really cool to be here because um, Thea and I were talking on our way down. We remember when we were freshmen, there was literally like us and like four girls. Like, I do not lie to you. There was like four girls, and we were like, so how's it going? Um, so just to like see it, and then by my senior year, there was like all of these girls, and this was such a special place for me through um, some really hard times. There's a safe place for me. Um, and I really um, am so thankful for it. Um, and I know my best friend Audrey shared last week about uh, having a relationship with Jesus um, in college. And I'm going to share on that, but going through some hard stuff um, in college. And I don't know, do you guys like do questions? No one told me the layout. So if I'm like way off, we just call it a remix version, okay? Um, so I have two questions for you guys if you want to answer them amongst your pals next to you. Cool. Um, what has been something challenging that's happened since being in college um, is question number one. And question number two is where do you feel the most secure or like yourself? Like who or where or doing what? Um, all right. Do you guys remember those? Cool. You want one more time? Yeah. Uh, what has been a challenge uh, that you've had since being in college? And where do you feel the most secure or yourself? Go. I'll give you like a couple minutes or until I see people being awkward, kind of like me. So. Like, mm-hmm. school, like, friends, and 
have like something specific for us in college. And that I think some like prior things like my boyfriend and I like got back together in college. But uh, I feel like I can relate to them more like like in high school, like at like my senior year, like I've done like a lot of anxiety and I still do, but um like I've definitely like grown so much from like high school to now. So I guess it's like kind of like things, but it's like challenging that kind of transition where do you feel the most, and your name is Natalie? Yeah. Cool. Where do you guys feel the most, like, yourself, or, like, people that, or, like, someone that knows you? Or, like, that was my other question. If it makes sense. I didn't really know on the question. I would say, like, combination of my roommates, who are really awesome, slash, like, it has to be, like, friends through one Whether it, like, come to it all the time together, but, like, people, like, I guess like at school probably just like my dorm friends I feel because I don't really like to like be by myself a lot like I would probably be with other people but like I always call my sister and like that's always really comforting or I feel like I can be my like complete self like around her or whenever I'm with her so I just realized I'm being recorded, so our conversation might be on there. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if our group's done, does that mean that it's done? Okay. everyone. My group was done, so I figure if my group's done, your guys' is probably close to being done, since we were pretty cool and all answered. Anyways, um, so like I said, uh, my friend shared about walking with Jesus in college, and I'm kind of sharing about how I walked with Jesus in college, but went through a tough time. And for me, a place where I felt secure and safe was here, because I felt God's presence and I felt the love and support, and I just felt like I could be myself. Um, I hope you guys all feel that when you guys walk in the doors and that you can talk to someone or feel that. But I'm going to share a little bit more about that. I think when you guys go to college, um, it's really exciting, and you get to be independent, and you get to figure out what major you want, and um, you know your parents aren't asking you, like, what time is it? When are you going to get back to your room or whatever? And... Whatever that looks like, it's all exciting and fun, and you're meeting a bunch of new people, but I think it also can be really challenging and overwhelming and um, lonely and um, really difficult at times because you're trying to figure yourself out. You're trying to do all that stuff on your own. You're trying to um, you know, decide what major you are. You've never taken tests. like I had never studied for a test until I came to college. I'm going to be completely honest. I hadn't until... The professor was like, oh, that book, you were, like, actually supposed to read that. Like, I'm not going to tell you to read it. You were just supposed to. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> so if you didn't know, I didn't do the best in school, but um, 
I tried to keep up with all my friends. I tried to, um, uh, you know, join the sorority, um, join Young Life, do this, do that, and do it all. And um, it was really hard for me. And um, I think something that uh, people don't bring up a lot, or you hear a lot, but people don't talk about it, like, hey, so I'm, like, going through this. It's, like, mental illness, like, things like depression, suicide, um, anxiety, eating disorders, all those things are really serious, and they are so prevalent in our time. You hear about them all the time of things that go really terrible or, like, oh, did you hear about this person? But, like, did you really ever talk about it before? Did you really know that that was going on in their lives? Did you really know all those things? And that's what I'm here to bring up tonight is those um, areas. And I kind of looked up some statistics because, guys, when I speak tonight, I am by no means a professional. I don't have the answers. I don't have it all right. I'm just sharing out of my personal experience. But I figured I would, like, Google some statistics so I could sound at least a little bit like, oh, she knows what she's talking about. Um, so anyways, it said one in four students have a diagnosable illness. 40% do not seek help. 80% feel overwhelmed by responsibilities. And 50% have been so anxious that they, str- and they struggled in school. Um, and like I said, this can look so different. And maybe it's not you. Maybe it's a roommate or someone or um, you're just not sure. Uh, for me, it was an eating disorder. I had um, developed, and I can't tell you, you know, an exact date of like, oh, August 15th, you know, I, I suddenly had an eating disorder. It was a combination of things, I think, over time. Um, I had like an identity when I was in high school. I knew who I was. And when I got to college, I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I don't know who I am. And I'm trying to do, like I said, it all. And I, um, I think because I wasn't really that great in school, I sought a lot of like affirmation from like the social crowd, guys, a ton. I always was like, oh, you're hot or oh, you're cute. And like, I, I, I took that on. I was like, that's me. That's thank you. You know? And, um, my freshman year, um, things kind of changed. I didn't know that many people as much as well anymore. And, um, my body image changed. I had gained weight and I was like, my body was changing. I wasn't, I was like, what's going on? I'm, I'm not pleased with this. And then I just became really like distraught about it. And so, um, after that, I, um, kind of tried to uh, develop or gain healthier practices to like keep that image going, you know. Um, Sorry, and if I'm kind of all over the board, like I said, there's like different things that I wanted to bring up that tell my story. Uh, But I was also uh, started leading Young Life at the same time because I, after uh, my winter term, I was like, I need to start getting like plugged in and like something that's like knows me, that's like who I am. Um, And so that's where I met my, uh, like, first group of, like, guy friends who, like, knew Jesus. I was like, what is this? These are, like, the nicest guys ever. Like, I had never, my guy friends in high school, like, were not nice. Um, I don't know why I even called them friends. That's sad to say. But, like, these guys were awesome. One of them happens to be my husband, so I might be kind of biased. But um, at the time, he was just my friend. We were best friends, as I like to say. He wouldn't say it that way. Um, for a year, and so I had this this great group of people, and I I was leading Young Life. I was um, I was uh, walking with Jesus. I was reading my Bible, but yet I still had this insecurity, this like 
driving force that was like, you need to like be fit. You need to like eat a certain way. You need to do this. And I think a lot of that is our culture. I mean, you look on Instagram, you're like, that girl looks like perfect. Or like, I don't get how she does that. She says she's eating a cheeseburger, but like, where does it, like, if I'm honest, if I'm truly honest, I'm like thinking those thoughts, you know? And um, like I said, it wasn't just the image part. A part of my brain just started going there. It just thought about it all the time. It was like, you have to work out. You have to go to the gym. You, you have to do this. And like really negative thoughts in my head, like, you know, your legs, your this, your whatever, you know, just kept going. Um, and so my sophomore year, I was living in my sorority and, um, you know, I was making time for all the things that I had to do, but working out was like number one on the list. Like you could see me at Dixon running, doing whatever I had to do all that, just because that was like my foundation in the sense it told me like, oh, if I run this much, I'm, I'm going to feel good about my day. I'm going to like know that if someone offers me a cupcake, it's not going to be like detrimental to me, you know, like that's how sad, like my thoughts begin to go. Um, and some of you might be able to relate or some of you might not are on a different level of different stuff. Um, but I, um, I stopped like eating a lot of the foods in the sorority because I was like, well, I don't trust it. Like, um, as my, yeah, so I just stopped doing a lot of that and had lost quite a bit of weight where my family and friends began to notice. At first it was like, wow, Anna, you're like really fit. And then it became more like, whoa, Anna, like you could tell like girls in my sororities were just like looking at me, but not asking. And it was really like hard for me because I was like, I don't really know what's going on. Like I would just be like sitting on my computer and it was, like I said, just always in my mind. Um, and my family asked, you know, that I, they were like, do you think you have an eating disorder? And in my mind, I was like, no, like I think of eating disorder eating disorders as bulimia, anorexia, binge eating, and, like, I'm just healthy. Like, I just eat really healthy foods all the time and work out all the time. And I think that was kind of the first thing I learned was that my thought on eating disorders isn't just those things. It's when you are controlled by food and you have an unhealthy habit of um, looking at it. And it, yeah, it just, it, it looks different for so many people. And like, you can't put into a box what that is for someone. Um, and so when I kind of came to terms with that, I started seeking help at school, but I couldn't do it on my own. I wasn't, I, I tried to, you know, continue on with everything else, um, but I couldn't. But it's ironic, is not ironic, it's totally Jesus, um, was that during that time I was um, reading my Bible and all through Romans, I'm just like underlining, 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 because it just related so much to me. Um, my parents ended up, um, I came back from uh, school two weeks before the end of my winter term to enter into a full program, um, where that was like all I did was, I called it like eating disorder school, like you just went and learned about everything, and you're like with a group of people that all were going through similar stuff. And so I did that, and um, yeah, I think uh, I wanted it to go by really fast because I was like, I have to keep up with everyone else around me. I'll give it a couple weeks, get better, and then I'm back. And I realized that I, I needed more time, and it wasn't just going to be me fixing it on myself. I, I couldn't do it anymore, and um, that is when I, um, in Romans 4, uh, 
4 through 5. And I'm reading um, the message because that's what I was reading at the time. And so a lot of the stuff I'm sharing tonight was literally like what stuck true to me during this time. So I wanted it to be authentic. And I think the message is cool because it kind of tells like a story, which I mean, the Bible tells a story. So I shouldn't say it like that, but it just tells it in my kind of modern day language that I like to use. Um, oops. Okay, it says in Romans 4, 4 through 5. If you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. We don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, that it's something only God can do, and you trust him to do it, you can never do it for yourselves, no matter how hard or how long you worked. Well, that trusting him to do is what gets you right with God, by God, a sheer gift. And I just love that because it was like as much as I wanted to do it on my own, I wanted, I was still reading my Bible, I was still doing this, I was still um, trying to keep up. Like I could not do it on my own. Only like Jesus could set me right with him. And um, I think that just spoke so true in that time. And not only that, like seeing that Jesus gave me an amazing community to rally around me and to love on me and support me when I had nothing to give them. And um, the guy who I said was my best friend, who is now my husband, um, kind of played a picture in that too. Like he chose to love me during this time. And I was like, why? Like I am in such a terrible place right now. And you're like giving to me and I have nothing to give you. It wasn't like I was asking him, how's your day? You know, how can I support you? It was truly like him, like praying for me and like supporting me. And like, that was such a awesome picture of like what, Jesus does on a full scale of giving his life for us. Like only he can set us right, not on my own. And um, as much as I like wanted to do that, like only, only Jesus could. So I think that was kind of the first picture that I saw. And I saw that as much as I thought having this stuff in my mind was allowing me to control my surroundings and control my body and that I was in control, really it took control of me. It took away me being able to be in school being able to be around the Young Life girls that I loved, being around my friends, being around my boyfriend, being around everything I enjoyed, it took it away from me. It didn't give me control at all. Like, I was helpless. Um, And so during this time, I got baptized. I had been a follower of Jesus, but I had never gotten baptized. And I was like, this is an amazing time. Like, I want to get baptized. I want to be, like clean from this. I want to like really surrender to you or like I I want you to heal me. Um and so I got baptized and in it says in 6 Romans 6 12 through 13. Mm. <clears throat> okay. It says So it's kind of talking about how when you go under the water, you're like dead to sin. Um, It says, you are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full time. Remember that you have been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. And I by no means want to say that, like, having a mental illness is 
sin, but in my life, that's how I related it. It was, it was killing me. It was going to kill me if I didn't take action and get help. And that was bringing me away from Jesus, and I needed him to free me. And so I related this. A lot of the scripture in Romans, when it's talking about sin, I saw how I wanted so badly to live the way that he wanted me to, but I was stuck in this worldly way. I was stuck in the brokenness that we have in our lives, and I didn't know how to do that. And I just love how it says, sin can't tell you how to live. You're living in the freedom of God because that's what it was doing. It was telling me how to live. It was telling me, hey, don't go to this party or this like get together with a group of friends because there's going to be pizza there and you don't want to eat pizza. Like I missed out on awesome like knowing people because of that. It was telling me how to live and that was an opportunity that Jesus could have used. But instead I wanted to believe that like, well, I need to be safe in my zone of what I think, you know? Um, but I was now living in the freedom of God. And, like, that's amazing. All of you guys have that, no matter, like I said, if it's you relating to my story or whatever it is. Like, sin can't tell you how to live. You have the freedom of God. And, like, I just want to share that with you. That's amazing. Um, and so then it wasn't perfect from then on. As you guys know, like, things that are hard don't just, like, they could change overnight. I believe God can do that, but that wasn't exactly my story. Um, I went back to school and, um, once again, had an amazing community to support me, but I needed to continually turn to Jesus each day. I had to wake up. I had to put scripture over the top of my bed, and Hadley, who moved into my room afterwards, even sent me a picture. She's like, you left this year. I'm like, well, read it every morning. Um, because I had to wake up and know that, like, what Jesus thought of me, not what Satan was trying to tell me, you know? I, I had to read those things to know that, and it says um, in 1 Corinthians six nineteen through 20, um, these bodies that were made for God-given and God-modeled love, for becoming one with, with another? Or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God paid such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works, so let people see God in and through your body. This scripture was like life-changing to me because I think so much of us, um, kind of have, like, we have our spiritual self, you know, like, this is my relationship with Jesus, but we don't realize, like, the Holy Spirit is in us, in our bodies, like, he's bought our bodies, and, like, I have to respect that, like, I think so many of us disrespect our bodies, we pick them apart, we, uh, we flaunt things we probably shouldn't flaunt all the time, you know, like, we don't treat our bodies as if God himself is inside of them, and that's what I needed, I needed to know that, like, when I'm picking myself apart, it's, I'm picking apart God's, like, temple, like, his creation, where he's, like, present, and, like, I encourage you guys to think of your bodies, like, God's living inside of you, and, like, he created you, and how amazing that is, and so I think that really helped me kind of refocus my mind when it wanted to go to those negative thoughts and those dark places, because God's in me, whether I feel it or not all the time, like, he is, and, like, when I look in the mirror, I should know that. And um, I think that changed my thoughts. Um, another one is Philippi Philippians 4, 8 through 9. 
Um, it says, summing it up, uh, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do your best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me and what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Um, this was another thing that I needed to focus to continually allow God to heal me, was focusing on the truth. I think each day you could walk outside and be like, oh, it's raining, oh, my, oh I'm feeling full in my jeans, or oh, this, this isn't going right, or I failed this test, but there's so many things that are right next to you that are true. That's lies, and those are things that Satan's trying to drag you down with, but like, there's things that's like, Oh, we have this beautiful house that we're sitting in. We're so warm. Like, I have a coat that's, like, keeping me dry. I have jeans that, like, keep me warm. And, like, a lot of people don't have, like, things like that where there's always something that's positive to focus on. And I love when it's saying, like, focus on the beautiful, not the ugly, the things to praise, not the things to curse. Like, I can, my body, like, functions. I can walk. I can do amazing things. Like, that is such a gift. Like, acknowledge that and know that and focus on those things not all the negative things that I think our minds continually tell us daily second every second um that was something that I had to pray about a lot and really focus on make lists about be reminded of um have others uh help me out in that as well um kind of to wrap it up uh, I'm not here tonight, like I said, because I have it figured out or that I live a perfect life or that I'm, you know, um, a professional at what I do or anything like that. Uh, but because I'm weak and I needed Jesus and I know that we all are weak and need Jesus as much as you can be perfect and have it all together on the outside or have the cutest Instagram or have like the best clothes or whatever it looks like, like we are all weak and we all are broken and we all need Jesus. And I come to you sharing that, knowing that you're not alone, that, um, that we're all here for you and we all know it and we all need Jesus. And it says in 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, once I get to it, Um, this one's a little bit longer. It says, uh, Satan's angel did his best to get me down. What he in fact did was push me to my knees. No danger then of walking around high and mighty. At first, I didn't think of it as a gift. Be I begged God to remove it. Three times I did that. And then he told me, my grace is enough. It's all you need. My strength comes into its own in your weakness. Once I heard that, I was glad to let it happen. I quit focusing on the handicap and began appreciating the gift. It was a case of Christ's strength moving in on my weakness. Now I take limitations and strides with good cheer. These limitations that cut me down to size, abuse, accidents, opposition, bad breaks, I just let Christ take over. And so the weaker I get, the stronger I become. And I relate with this so much because there were so many times, like I said, even after I went through um, treatment and came back to school where I would have a really hard night, something just really 
triggered me and I'd be on my knees like in my room like crying being like God why do I keep having these thoughts I don't want to live like this like this gets in the way of my relationships this gets in the way of what I want to do and it just continually bugs me and I don't want it anymore and I would just cry and I was and I just relate with this like my grace is enough it's all you need my strength comes to you in your weakness like I would not take this time back I know that sounds crazy and I don't wish like hard things upon you um, but know that like God is there for you. And like, I grew so close with him through this. I, I learned to depend on him daily, second, like every second, like things like that. I wouldn't take that away because I got to see his strength. Like I can say now, like this stuff doesn't affect me anymore. Like there might be something here or there, but like God has healed me. Like I have other things that I deal with, trust me, but it's not this. And I'm like so thankful for that and know that like you can be healed too and like that's because of his strength and like instead of focusing on the identity that I'd created then for myself of like oh I'm Anna with an eating disorder like I focus on like I'm Anna and I'm like saved by Jesus and like he's continually working in me that wasn't my identity and he continually rid that from my life and I hope that whatever it is that you guys really cling on to like he can do that for you as well. And you allow him to, and you surrender that to him because it's amazing. And it's far better than you could ever, 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 ever do on your own. Cause I'm going to break it to you. You can't do it on your own. So, um, there's that tough lesson. Uh, one little other small thing that I, um, wanted to share because I was going through my Bible and it made me think of it. Um, it's a picture of me and my Grammy. I was playing the piano, my Grammy, she's in heaven now, but, um, anyways, I was thinking about this because someone told me once, they're like, imagine your two-year-old self or whatever, you know, you're like super cute, you, you're just pure, you're like laughing, you have no idea what's going on in the world, you're just like the best little human ever. Mm-hmm. Imagine like thinking of like those negative things that you say about yourself, those things that you're hard on yourself, imagine looking her in the face and being like, hey Anna, like, you know, your thighs are too big, um, you know, you, you aren't smart, you're probably going to fail in school. Like, could you say that to her? Like, no, you could never say that to her. Like, she's just a little girl. Like, she's pure. She's God's creation. And, like, that's what God thinks of you. He doesn't say, he doesn't look at me. He's, the, I'm his little girl. I am that person. And he doesn't look at me saying, like, you know what? You're probably going to fail in school. Or, like, you didn't clean the house for your husband today. Like, you're a terrible wife. Like, you guys will know that someday. It's... <laughs> Anyways, like, he doesn't say those things. He says, like, wow, you're beautiful. Like, I created you with such a, like, kind heart to, like, I work with kids. Like, love kids. Like, something like that where he knows me. He knows my gifts. He knows what he's created me to do. And I just encourage you guys to, like, look at that. And Because I think we get so lost in, like, who we are now and who we identify ourselves as now. And, like, well, I've been through this and I've been through that and I've been through whatever it is. And, like, God never will see me the way he used to, or like this person will never know me the way I I really am, you know? And so I just encourage you to remember that we're made brand new through Jesus and like we're God's creation and he loves you and he'll heal you wherever you're at. And that's kind of, I think, all I have. Um, I do have two more questions. So um, once again, I don't know the format. I don't know if anyone, like, questions. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Um, so my two other questions are, um, is there a lie that you continually believe about who you are? Um, that's number one. 
And number two, is there anything in your life that you feel like you need to give God control of? And like I said, it cannot, like, you might be like, Anna, I totally don't relate with you at all. Um, whatever this looks like in your life, or, you know, you've struggled with this with a friend, or whatever it might be, um, thinking about that, like, whatever, uh, yes, I will say that once more. Um, whatever that is for you, I encourage you to think about. It's, uh, is there a lie that you continually believe about who you are? And is there anything in your life that you feel like you need to give God control of? All right. Okay, I'm going to go with my baby.